listeners, thanks for tuning in to Vicious Cycle, the only period podcast that's comedic. I'm it's sick, true. y'all. <laughs> Still sick from Still last sick week, after all this time. <laughs> I'm going to do it one more time. Ready? <clears throat> Here we go. Here we go. Listeners, hey, you're listening to Vicious Cycle, the only comedy podcast about periods. There I'm, it is. There, I nailed it. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Meg Trowbridge. I'm Kate Elston. I'm Meg Hayes. Woo! Ah, uh, y'all, Yay. we're so excited. We're just going to dive in because we have a very fun interview with one of our very fun friends. Um, her name, you may know her from past seasons because uh, she's been on before, a repeat bleeder. Uh, Carla Lee, founder of uh, the... And founder and creator of the POC and queer-led sketch comedy group, Nice Tan. Uh, we know her from Killing My Lobster. Um, if your name is Julia or Naomi, you know her as Mom. Um, and she joined us to talk about what happens after you pop a baby out. And she and Kate shared some, you know, stories from the front lines. Yeah, we've had such a good conversation. And if anyone needs some tips or pointers or is just curious about what happens immediately after you have a baby, this is such a good episode. And I feel like I learned from her. Like I was more recently out of the fourth trimester when we recorded yeah, you were this. like freshly out. But she still like told me things that I was like, what? Like yeah. Carla <laughs> is just a fountain of knowledge. And I she love really her so is. much. Um, so definitely get on board, tell all your friends to listen to this. And yeah, yeah I feel like if you're fun. going through it right now, tune in because I felt like Kate hearing that Carla was going through or had gone through similar things was like comforting. It's oh like, my God, you absolutely. Know- and especially in this time of COVID, if anyone here, I mean, I know people are, the world's opening up, things are a little different, but like there is still this lingering uh, aloneness, yeah. <laughs> solitariness <laughs> when it comes to having a baby. So there are some really good nuggets of advice for people. Um, so yeah, enjoy this. And if you're a patron, which you should be for as low as five bucks a month, you can see the video conversation of this, of this episode. I'm going to put the whole thing on Patreon. If it can fit, I hope that's not too big of a file. We'll find out. Um, but you'll be able to see us and see Carla talk to each other. Um, from our four little squares on Zoom. So consider that. Uh, if you want to listen to this episode and you don't want to listen to it twice and you're a patron, hop on over to Patreon and watch it now. Yeah. Otherwise, here's the episode. Listeners, we are so excited to welcome back a returning guest, our friend, Miss Carla Lee. Welcome to the, welcome Woo! back to the pod. Hey, you. Hello, I am exhausted. <laughs> oh boy! But I am blacording just for the three of you. So yay! Thanks. Hey. That's huge. Wow, and wow, wow. since this is not a visual medium, I just want to paint a picture for the listeners. Uh, Carla is sitting in front of a lit fireplace, um, <laughs> and there's like a nice glow. So you're blacording, but you're also like you know you're like in a, a a powerful room, a powerful stance. You're in like a Netflix log burning video. Like that's how nice <laughs> it looks behind you. So last time we had Carla on, uh, it was 2019. It was many moons ago. And it was during our Mother's Day month celebration, Mother's Month. And um, this is what Carla told us in in that episode, which was episode 33. I just want to play it for everyone. And then I'll we'll ask you about it on the other side. 
I mean, I think just to be candid, like we've sort of toyed with the idea of having another kid, but we're not like 100% decided on it. So we were we were sort of like, well, let's just sort of let the cards fall where they may. So, Carla, where did those cards fall? Oh, and tell fall us what they, happened. Fall, they did. <laughs> well, after a delightful afternoon of champagne and conversation, it occurred to me while I was telling my husband, Kenny, about uh, the podcast recording. It, uh, listeners cannot see that I'm removing my sweater because it just temperature just went up about 10 degrees down here <laughs> for me. Um I said, hey, you know, it's funny, though, like, I actually haven't gotten my period in the last two weeks. Uh, Let me just dig out one of these old pregnancy tests that we've got laying around uh, as a Mother's Day treat, um, just to be sure. (laughs) Just for funsies. And uh, so I sort of like half drunkenly, you know, squatted, peed, took this test. Uh, And to be sure... Uh, that boy, did that test come out positive? (laughs) I'm just saying like, we've brought periods back from the dead. We have birth, we have helped birth children. Well, you bitches got me pregnant. So (laughs) is our name on, on the birth certificate? That's what I want to know. That's where babies come from. So we'll talk about the fourth trimester, um, and hopefully you can transport yourself back to that. Since we uh, also scheduled this, I have since also been through the fourth trimester. I'm now out of that. So you and I both can kind of talk about it. But May, hey, why don't you give the listeners a rundown of what the hey we're talking about when we say fourth trimester? (laughs) What in the hey? What in the sand? Okay. Um, The New York Times defines the fourth trimester as the 12-week period after birth. The focus tends to shift to the baby and, sadly, away from the mom, which I don't know if I agree with New York Times. I don't know if that's what I want for birthing parents. Um, But, yes, I've seen it defined as the first 6 to 12 weeks following childbirth. I think the thing that's so interesting about this is that, like, I had no idea about this either. And, like, basically, the world, the the scientific world believes that just human babies are just born too soon. Like, their head, I guess it's because their heads and their brains are too big. So they have to come out at nine months. Otherwise, they'd be stuck inside us forever, which nobody wants. So, So, like, the way this one doctor describes it is that, like, they're still they're still too immature to come out. Like they're born too soon and they're still like not able to make it in the world and they're not ready for the world. Um, and this doctor describes it like basically we have to recreate the world outside as if it were the womb because this baby ain't ready for the real, the real big bad world. Baby humans come out useless. <laughs> I mean, yes. Uh, and helpless. And helpless and not ready. That's That scares me. That's like... We should have figured this out, but also everyone wants the baby out. So I guess that makes sense. But. You mean like figure out how to make human babies like yeah, like make them grow like faster. Come like on, more <laughs> right? Because like some some animals they come out and the the baby the animals already walking. Oh, like, they're running. Knows. They're running. Yeah, <laughs> they just come out at a gallop. <laughs> yes. So, but so we know human babies gestate for about forty weeks in a human. Meanwhile, opossums have it pretty good uh, with 
just 12 to 13 days. Oh, lucky ass. Easy breezy. Dream. Gerbils, (laughs) even though they're significantly smaller than the opossum, have a 25 day gestation. Dogs are around two months. Uh, Horses are about a year. And a giraffe is about 15 months. Killer whale, 17. Elephants, 95 weeks. <laughs> 95. But don't, yeah, and don't elephants come out? They, like, know how to walk. They're, like. They're probably yeah. walking in. Well, they're learning inside. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're just. <laughs> exactly. They come out. They know how to paint. <laughs> they can also fly. They can fly. Oh, that's they right. Fly. That's right. Scientifically <laughs> don't you, don't proven. Don't you dare make me think of Dumbo right now or I will cry. <laughs> um, oh, so let's talk about the fourth trimester for human babies. It's so funny, too. Whenever I read about like reading my baby books about like having a baby, whenever they say like human babies, I always am like, I forget that babies are humans. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, what about baby? Oh, no. Babies are humans. Right, right, right. Like, for whatever reason, I don't, because they are so Kate, helpless they when they are come out. They are not humans. They are angels. Oh. Oh. I thought you were going to say like alien parasites. parasites. Yeah, well, right. mine's, mine were angels. Oh, oh you. Oh. So, so Carla, give us a general overview of like, you can talk about both your kids. Um, what the fourth tri- trimester was for you. How were your babies? How did you do? Just give us a general overview. Yeah. And I, so forgive my lack of memory. I may have discussed it a bit last time about Julia, but I would say it was very different uh, the second time around. So whereas with Julia, it's sort of like, you know, you're hit by a freight train followed by an atomic bomb going off. You know, you have no idea. You're just no, no amount of preparation, I think, unless maybe you're one of like eight kids and you, you were older than many younger siblings. Like, I don't know what could ever possibly prepare you for the immense change of having a newborn in your life. It's like shocking. It's shocking how much you're needed constantly. It's shocking how much after the sort of physical sacrifice of pregnancy, the postpartum sacrifice of like healing from a birth and then sustaining a life, um, particularly if you're breastfeeding or, you know, just like getting a baby to sleep and keeping them asleep, you know, all the different things, the shitting, the peeing, the cleaning up, the laundry, you know, just all the things that you have to do um, while this this child is so helpless is really just, I mean, and how much I think Kenny and I, if, if you're having a baby with a partner, just the impact that that has on the relationship between the two of you, because now there's someone always physically like between the two of you, you know, it's just like... Um, Everything that I had, I couldn't even give to myself. I had to give to this baby. So that was that was like such a change. And then I think the second time around, we were really prepared. I was like, uh-uh. Like, we're old, so we got resources. We're fortunate, you know, so we're going to be so prepared for this, this second child. I knew that I wanted night help. Um, I knew that I needed the food prep, you know, a certain way. I knew what to expect from like a physical, or at least I took my best guess because every birth is different. But what I, I sort of anticipated my needs from like a physical healing perspective. I think the second time around, the biggest change was how is this going to be with your first child? um, And how are they going to be dealing with the emotional 
um, shift of having uh, this tiny, helpless second human being mm-hmm. around. So and have to share you exactly. So and and we obviously waited a, a long time. So our kids have like a six year age gap, but um, so it was easier in some ways, harder in others. I just wanted to go over like all of the things that are included in the fourth trimester because it's a lot. Um, and it's a, it's a lot that falls on the birthing parent automatically just because of like the actual recovery. So what the fourth trimester includes is physical recovery, emotional recovery, transition with baby, transition with baby and other children, bonding, home adjustments, feeding, bathing, swaddling, sleep schedule, and baby checkups. And that's, I'm sure there are more to that list. Um, so it's a lot to carry as like the person who went through it. And then also a lot that you have to then, you kind of are also like the director of the house for better or worse. You're just Absolutely. like, this is what I need. This is what the, ba-. I mean, it's just, it's a whole lot. And I think about all the, you know, we were fortunate. I think that Naomi, our second child, came uh, two months before really like lockdown happened. I just, the the second all of that was going on, I was thinking, I was just like, my heart goes out to anybody who's giving birth um, during this lockdown. And Kate, you know, I'm sure you're going to talk about that. But I just because having people around, you know, where Americans are so isolated, we are just not a communal society. And I just really don't know how it's ridiculous. Like it's a ridiculous way to go through the fourth trimester because you need all hands on deck. Like it's just no way to deal with it. I think we've totally reverted to this like bizarre way of living where we're trying, I don't know what we're trying to prove, but you need everybody you can get to like pitch in and help with literally everything else because your freaking body needs to heal. Like, Dude, I don't, I actually don't think I've like fully like comprehended how hard it was because we gave birth in December and we like, other than the occasional, like we had friends drop food off, Meg and Kevin actually, um, they came in while we were in the hospital and, and like cleaned our house and left us flowers and left us food and like people left us food and stuff. But like, to not have anyone to help us with the baby, I don't think has hit has hit me how hard that was until actually recently, like Carl at his work, someone was like, so you guys don't have like any help, like no neighbors, no parents, no like nanny, no. Any. And I was like, no, we have literally no help. And like, I think we did good. We did fine. But then I kind of like, it struck me and I literally lost my mind. <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> We did this all fucking alone and oh my God. And the, but there's no other way. I mean, it wouldn't have been safe otherwise. Like my, my yeah. parents did come two weeks after she was born, but it was a whole ordeal. It was getting tested. They almost didn't make it because the test didn't come in time. Like, so yeah, it was fucking really, really hard. And I, and I don't think I'll really understand that until if I have another one and be like, oh, well, okay. When people can come by all the time and hold the baby, it'll right. be a whole different story. Mm-hmm. Even just holding the baby, I mean, that's the thing is like, you're just like, I need to put this fucking baby down. Like, I need to set this baby down so I can do basic things. And, ah, like, it's so, you know, people basically, all they give a shit about is like, 
your pregnancy and then once the baby's out it's like what who like I don't know whatever like just <laughs> your deal old with news it. mom deal with it bitch like it's crazy <laughs> and and like how did you feel emotionally was there any did you experience the 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 baby blues as all the books call it which I always was like go fuck off go fuck yourself the little the little sad faces yeah the little the boohoos the boohoos I so I did this you know and this is you know take it for whatever it is but I um I had my placenta made into pills because I felt like that was really supportive last time with my with my first one. And I don't know if it actually works or not, but I did it again the second time. Back up. I believe I discussed this on the last podcast. You did. And I I envy you and I would like one of those pills. (laughs) I I could use a pick me up. I feel they give you a pick me up. I mean, I don't know. Do you know. turn into Carla? If you were to I, take them, would you become Carla? <laughs> Slowly. Probably. Um, <laughs> you would be nourished by my insanity. I all, no. of, all of a sudden Meg has a sketch comedy show called No Tan. <laughs> <laughs> Can't tan. Oh my god. Yeah, so I did that. So that was one of the things that I did because I was like, well, it worked last time. Um so I did that and I um actually this time around I was on a very, very low dose of anti-anxiety medication, which I was not on when I was with Julia. So, you know, I had talked to my um psychiatrist about that and you know, she said it was fine and it's a well tolerated Uh, medication and she said you know if you really feel like you need more support you can always like up the dose but I really you know tried to just keep it where it was at so I had that support as well Um, the weirdest thing that happened was and again I am somebody who barely wanted to have a second child I'm so (laughs) glad I did I love our second child to death but um, she is the cutest the cutest (laughs) freaking baby Um, but I experienced this like really intense feeling and I did not feel this way with Julia but the second time around I was like bitch I just had this second kid I am ready to have a third like I was like I I was like I could pop out babies all day long what 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 how many (laughs) want like I was like my body and like I don't know I just went into like beast mode like it was crazy (laughs) and I finally like regained sanity like a month later but really for the first few weeks I was like if I can do this I can do anything I got this shit on it's like you ran a marathon yeah now I can climb Everest let's go that's what happens when people get that's what happens when people get tattoos apparently they're like now I want a million (laughs) because you're just like that was awesome I survived and also, that, that, makes never <laughs> that makes me think of what my mom used to say because we would we were a family that watched medical dramas religiously and anytime there was some birth episode my mom would be like let me tell you about birth because she had five kids um and uh anytime it was like it looked like the prison was really in pain and I'd be like does it really hurt that bad mama uh she'd be like it hurts, but then you look at your baby and you immediately want another one. And she would like, she said that to me so many times that now I'm like, Aww. sounds 
dangerous. <laughs> it's 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 not true. Um, it was She's true. a liar. Uh, the I for me it was less about looking at my baby and it was more about like damn I just did that shit like because the first time I was like adrenaline the first time I was like this is so major I just literally turned my body inside out to produce a human um (laughs) like a living breathing human and then the second time around I was like oh I got like I could do oh my I'm like built for this you know what I mean Mm. whereas the first time I was like "Uh, uh, will I ever be whole again like will I ever (laughs) you know it was just more about like really the physical feat of like having Mm. a child yeah Um, so fascinating that's amazing I have heard that going from two to three kids is easier from going to one to two if I find out that I'm pregnant after recording after this episode (laughs) I am bringing all of you to come live here we're all being sued you're all babysitters (laughs) it takes a village (laughs) it takes a podcast I'm sorry that would suck I already apologize if that happens. Um, <laughs> one thing that I have noticed, and I don't know if this happened to you, but I, I like all of a sudden I felt, I, I guess you're prepared for a lot of things when like, you know, you read a lot, you hear a lot and you know it, you know, you can't ever really be prepared for it. You know, breastfeeding will be a thing, you know, sleep will be hard to come by. But one thing that no one really explained to me, and maybe this is just because it's so new to the world are how much shame I would feel from online ads that were being served to me. Like the baby mommy blogging, like industrial complex Mm -hmm. is coming at Kate Elston hard in her Instagram (laughs) and her Facebook. Like don't read that shit, Kate. Don't read it. But it's, but when you're scrolling at three 30 in the morning, when you're feeding your baby for the fourth time and you don't, you can't tell what's a sponsored ad and what someone, you know, uh, an influencer might be posting and, and you read, like, I just was reading and it really gets to you, man. Cause you, you read things like, like, I'm still getting them obviously, but it's things like, does your baby play with too many electronic toys oh, or like hell no. is your baby sleeping or like you you see one that's like a a, a testimonial like my baby slept through the night after six weeks yeah, after I yeah. took this class and yep. it just starts to get to you and I don't know if you have experienced that or you experience it now just like the the social pressure that comes from just like anonymous online douchebags yeah I mean I would say I would say I was really fortunate with Julia to have a pretty fucking killer um mom group like they were literally lifesavers and just like led by this like phenomenal woman who now has like four children um she's just incredible so at natural resources in San Francisco like I just like found my my people and we were all just like suffering together. We were all first time moms. We had no clue. And we had so much like real talk in that group. And I know not all like mom baby groups are like this, but I think that's another thing with the pandemic is like you don't have like real life people to like bounce shit off of. You're just literally at the mercy of these like toxic ads Mm. or whatever that are just trying to get you to buy stuff. So you know, you don't have the perspective, I think, as like a first time parent that's like, no, it's totally normal for your baby to sleep like shit. Like, it's totally normal for all these things to happen. Like, I don't want to hear about your unicorn baby. I mean, good for you if you have one. But like, 
all of us, except for maybe like one person had shitty sleep, sleep or whatever, normal sleepers, you know, they, and so it's less about, it took us all down from that place of like, I, what must I be doing wrong? Right. Mm. Because that's what they're trying to cultivate in your brain is like, you're inadequate. Like you're a shitty mom, like whatever you here's all this guilt, you know, we're playing off of to like, actually nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. Babies are tough. Um, here are some things that we're all sort of like figuring out together on how to get, just get through all of it and be supportive without making you feel like you're fucking something up mm. because that's really what our culture is about. It's like making you feel like as a mom that you, you are you fucking do. things up. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And that's so real about the groups. Um, a lot of people told me, you know, Oh yeah. Join, join a, a mommy group, like a, a parent group. Like I didn't have those things. Um, during the pandemic, I had something on Zoom, which I actually did meet two moms out of that I really like and we still meet up. But it it wasn't like a whole journey through pregnancy thing because no like at the beginning of my pregnancy was the beginning of the pandemic. No one knew how to make those things happen. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm realizing now talking to you that it was really it was hard. hard. <laughs> No, I get so fired up about this. I'm like, you need your community. Like, you cannot it's do so this true. stuff alone. Um, I was texting the girls. There was a daily, the daily episode out today about how our birth rates are going down in the U.S. And apparently it's, like, more complicated than you would think. But for the first 20 minutes of the episode, I was like, then make it easier to have a fucking kid in this shit ass country. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you. Like they were like, it's so perplexing. I'm like, no, it's fucking not perplexing. Give them health care and daycare. Exactly. Oh it makes me so angry and I don't even have children, but I think because I work with them all day, I'm like, these families need fucking help. Well, I heard a really interesting, I'm trying to think what podcast it was, but they were talking about attitudes about universal preschool in the United oh, States yeah. and how, you know, back in the day, um, Americans were actually very largely supportive of things like universal health care and universal preschool. And then when Reagan. people started, no, way before then, when mm -hmm. people started coming home from the war. Um, and there were black people who had served as GIs, like had served in the military and they were coming back and this like big middle class was being cultivated in America. And those folks wanted to start buying homes and like being in the suburbs and joining the middle class and taking advantage of all these different programs. Um, those who were not black um, were really pissed about that and proprietary about it and did not want them to take advantage of programs like that. So then universal preschool and universal health care became, you know, oh, you're just feeding off, you know, you're just like sucking off welfare. the teat of America or whatever. Right. Like, yeah, like it's basically Hand welfare. Out. And there was this huge shift in attitudes in the country where people said, like, actually, no, like, we don't want to have that. We need this to be privatized. And so you're telling me it all goes back to racism? Can you believe that? Wait a minute. Why is it always about race? <laughs> Carla, can you not make this about race? That is a fucking... I mean... <laughs> that is so insane. And also, ugh, that is... I mean, that makes total sense. And yeah. Also, My head when you exploded. I was like, of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It was here the whole time. <laughs> it was right. I mean, truth, truly, the GI Bill 
the super popular GI Bill that continually gets renewed by every president almost didn't happen because of racism because yeah. people thought, oh, well, we want to give education to, you know, returning vets, but like all returning vets, like right. every not all of them. I don't want to get those uppity black, you know, like yeah, truly, that's what they. It thought. will never not blow my mind how how people will go against their own interests because yeah. of and turn down things like healthcare and childcare and things that really we should all have um, to support all families, uh, you know, in the name of bigotry. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is pretty important. Bananas. So. <laughs> Meg's our. Bigot, I believe. Yeah. As As just, Meg's resident Sorry, bigot. devil's advocate here, okay? Just real fast. <laughs> oh, my God. Did a white liberal male just walk into the chat? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's now get into some like practical advice. And obviously every birth, every mother, every parent is going to experience things different. But I think it'd be cool if this episode could be a little bit of advice to someone who might be going through the fourth trimester or who will be going through the fourth (laughs) trimester. Um, So we've already kind of said like find your community, lean on your community. Um, when it comes to just like practically Carla, like what did you find? Like, you know, um, this Harry Henry Carp doctor, whatever. Mm. Um, he often talks about mimicking the womb, as we said, like, um, mimicking the womb. I think he calls it, uh, to be the best. What was the thing he said? Uh, to be a good womb impersonator. Impersonator, Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, which makes me laugh. So like, you know, there's things you can immediately picture someone on a stage being like, what else? What a, what a, I'm a woman impersonator. <laughs> Just be really dark and wet and cavernous. Um, what else feeling things? crowded? Okay. <laughs> Just me. Just me. Just me. Oh, What's this cord? <laughs> what happens if I fall on it? <laughs> What's the deal? With great, the that was great cord limbs, work, Meg. Right? That was great cord work. <laughs> I still got it. Thank God. <laughs> So, uh, what kind of, uh, like tips or tricks worked for you with your babies when it came to mimicking the womb, Mm, if you will? mm. To me, the most important thing to remember, like for me, like advice and I'll get to mimicking the womb, but like advice wise, every, I think with Julia, we always thought like, oh, this is happening. This is forever. Like now this is how Mm -hmm. the baby is. This is how it will always be. So let's say she screamed all night. We're like, we have a baby who screams all night. She will scream all night until she is 25 years old. (laughs) No, it is not a death sentence. You are not. So if you're having a rough time, there are, it will not be forever. And I think having that perspective has really helped the second time around. Right. So if you're having a hellish couple of weeks, um, it's not just always going to be that way. They'll get through the teething. They'll do what they do. It'll be fine. Um, I would say, so, oh God, this is, I'm going to make a real trash admission right now, yes. which is yes. that. It's what we live for. Uh, one particular advertised thing that we a hundred percent fell for. And by we, I mean, I demanded it. <laughs> was that we purchased a, a used snoo from a friend. Oh. 
Explain what the snoo is. Because this is the thing. This Actually, is a womb. You I just bought a womb. I, bought, I basically fucking bought a womb. Like, I was like, <laughs> uh, my womb services are no longer needed. How may I buy a yuppie womb? So, a yuppie's womb. Womb um, service, you a might A womb say. with a view. So... <laughs> So that guy that you brought up, Harvey Karp, actually Harvey. is fucking brilliant because he was like, let me just make something that's $1,500 that will apparently, like, solve world hunger. So <laughs> it's it does. a freaking robot cradle, a robot bassinet that you straightjacket your <laughs> infant into, and it, you know, gently rocks them and also plays white noise. Here's the feature we didn't use because Naomi was like, oh, you're trying to kill me. Is that <laughs> when they start to cry, it'll sort of like up the shushing and the rocking um, until they allegedly calm back down. No, my child thought <laughs> that she was being flung out of a window. Like she was like, get me, she, get me off this roller coaster. Like I hate it. Like it's true. Like what are you doing with, to me? Yeah, like with with B when when she would cry or make a noise and it would up the the shushing and the rocking. It's basically going like, go back to sleep, initiate calming, go back to sleep, and she's just like, no, I am awake now, you fucking robot. I don't I don't know what baby that shit works for. So that was the thing that we sprung for big time with the second one because I was like, I just want to give this a try because we've got another kid. There's all this, you know, whatever. Let's just see. Are you happy you did in the end? Did she sleep more? Oh, she loved it. Yeah, I was great. honestly like, and they were right. Like the thing that sucks is then when you have to like wean them out of it. And mm -hmm. into so a we had crib. a snoo, a used snoo from a friend. Mm -hmm. um, it worked great. She was sleeping maybe like by two and a half months, like seven, eight hours through the night. Mm -hmm. It broke. It stopped moving. Absolutely. The not. sound, it would shush her, but it wouldn't at all sway. And what? her, I know, I know. And her sleep immediately dropped like two hours. It yep. now became like five at a time. <laughs> so we had to suddenly mimic the womb ourselves Ugh. like monsters. The worst, um, the worst. But actually in the end, she's sleeping great now. So again, you're totally right. Like it all, it shall pass. It all passes. Um, I'm not, I'm not even near to where you are in these things, but like, there are nights when I'm like, yeah, um, she's never going to fall back to sleep again. This is exactly. how it is for the rest Smart of our lives. It's torture. Um, and it always, it's fine. It's always, I mean, it, you know, whatever. It might not be fine one day forever, but for now it's been fine. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. But let's, and but let's go ahead. Well, I really, I really like, there was another, there was a book called the wonder weeks that I bought and they actually have a little app too. They give sort of the abridged version and you can put, plug in your baby's um, birth date and then kind of follow it along. And it, and it alerts you when you're having like a developmental milestone and it'll sort of tell you what to expect. Because, listen, when your whole entire brain is like making these neural connections and you're learning how to see and you're learning how to yeah. like experience what, the world and talk. What touch is. Yeah. Yeah. What is this sensation? You know, like, what is light? Oh, this is what light does. Or, or, like, sort of processes of, like, cause and effect and things like that. They go, like, bonkers for a couple of weeks, and they're just crying and clingy, and they don't sleep and whatever because they're having these, like, huge developmental leaps. And I would say that's the other thing that was, like, really helpful for us to understand is, like, 
oh, why can they not be soothed? Well, it's because like literally their bodies are learning how to be human beings in the world and it's bonkers. So that's the other sort of fourth trimester advice I would give them. That's a great advice. I think that's amazing. Um, Yeah, we should also probably say back to Harvey Karp, this amazing doctor who uh, talks about mimicking the womb. He talks about like, uh, babies need to be the five S's, right? So it's swaddling, shushing, swaying, sucking, and side position. So like swaddle your baby because the baby is like tight in the womb. So like for the first trimester, whenever the chance you get, like swaddle them tight, shush them because there's always noise in the womb, sway them because they're constantly being swayed in, in your uterus, um, sucking because they always, that's the other thing. I feel like I heard a lot of people, you hear like, um, taboos about um pacifiers sort of like oh then you're gonna have to like wean the baby but the baby in the womb is constantly sucking on their fingers or whatever yeah. else you know so i mean what else are you gonna do in there right, right. there's nothing else to do that's play cards yeah nothing to do <laughs> play cards um, drink your so own like, piss and suck on your fingers <laughs> yeah <laughs> so sucking for us has really helped like be calm down go to sleep it's been really great um on her little pacifier and then side position which i had no idea like that you know like holding them on their side like the football really calms them down some yeah or like their back is against your chest and you hold them outwards while you rock them um someone also told me i heard this from a doula that i took this like mini class with that tapping their bottom like every, I think like instinctively people think to tap babies' bottoms, and mm-hmm. that might be because a lot of babies are their butts are up, their heads are down in the womb, and mm. so their butts feel your heartbeat. Oh, oh I know oh, that's that. so cute. So well, when that's you're tapping the them, thing it's, I've ever heard in my life. I know, isn't it? So every time I tap Bee's butt, I'm just like, did it, did it, did it? Just because they're all cushy and diapery and like fun to. Feels good. That's true. It is fun. Can we also talk about? You mentioned this a little bit before, but like the relationship with the partner. Um, I think this was something that I also was unprepared for. You hear about it. I had a lot of people say like, watch out. You're going to hate your husband. Uh (laughs) No way. But there has been some trying moments. (laughs) Tell us about it, Kate. Trying times. (laughs) This is Um, safe space. And I would love for you to talk about that, what what you have learned, um, any advice, because it's tough. It's really mm-hmm. tough. I think for me, it was just this sort of like constant resentment that I was just bubbling. Like no matter what he was doing, it wasn't enough because I just had a baby, you know, like, listen, like, oh, you're 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 listen. you're taking a nap. That must be noise. Right. <laughs> I oh, have you, to oh, pop can sleep through this screaming. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh Lord! Um, <laughs> How much do I say? Oh, I know. Both of you are calculating. Yeah, okay. I mean, listen, they'll never do anything right. That's just the nope. way it is. They just won't. <laughs> like, yep. and you know, Kenny recognized that the second he was like, "I know I won't," you know, do anything right. And so, um, no matter what, it's just like have people around you who will do things right and um you know just emotionally punish your spouse i don't i don't really know what else to say they deserve um, it they but deserve but really it's really it's just like are you the birthing parent or the non-birthing parent like oh. like i have spoken with like 
women, non-binary people. Anyway, it's not just like this dumb trope of like, oh, I'm a dumb husband. And like, oh, no, we'll do. It's just like, did the baby feed of and grow of your body and then come out of it? Or did it not? Like, that's really (laughs) just it. And so um, you'll just always be better than the other partner. And like, they just need to accept it and move on. Like, that's just the way it is. I don't know. It was freaking, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, it was brutal the first time around. We were like, what have we wrought unto this earth? (laughs) We used to be fun people who went to, like, concerts and got drunk at bars together. And now we're just like... But did you shush her enough? But did you put it, put like, what position did you put her down? <laughs> How did you but shush her? Was it Like, it's just like nitpicky, like all the little nitpicky things that are just like bananas that you're just like. So one thing I will shout out that I think has helped immensely with this. And I know this is really something that we're really lucky to have, but Carl has had a really generous paternity leave with his job, which is so rare. He has more than I do. Um, And it's but it really does it's something that every parent should have because it sets both parents up for success otherwise if the like typical like heteronormative whatever like husband goes back which is like all what our dads did you know Mm -hmm. goes back to work after like two days they are it's it's just not in their best interest they get off on the wrong foot suddenly they don't know how to shush the baby right they don't know so they it's just like oh you better do it yeah it's ridiculous and I am so, so when I, he actually went back to work after six or seven weeks. So I dealt with the fourth trimester mostly on my own. Obviously he was working from home, but now I'm back to work and he's on parental leave. So now he's the stay at home dad. And it is so helpful because now he gets to be the sort of like in the trenches. How yeah. do I put her down? What's the signs that she's sleepy? How much should she eat? And it is going, I think, to help us so much. And it's already helped our relationship, to be honest with you, because all of a sudden we're in it together again. Because for a while I felt really alone. Yes. And I and you know, I had a hard time letting go. Like I actually when you are doing all of that stuff and it's all falling on you, because with Julia, you know, Kenny got a pretty he's at a, you know, well-known tech company and got like a generous paternity leave. Um but then when he went back and he was like commuting away, you know, commuting both ways and whatever, like, yeah, most of it went to me. And so it's sort of like, well, I don't even want your help because I just know how to do it and I'll do it better. Right. And I would rather not waste the time explaining it to you. Mm-hmm. I don't have like 30 minutes to give you a tutorial and walk you through it. Like, so the most helpful thing is like when they do have to establish their own way of doing things on your, on their own you just like have to let go and you have to walk away and like my therapist has said um <laughs> their relationship with the baby will be their relationship with the baby yeah. and they will have their own bond and their way of doing things and it may not be your way of doing things mm-hmm. and it may even be though it should be fucking even wrong and it should but be. it will be but i've let go and it's their way you know what i <laughs> yeah. mean so yeah. i'm so chill <laughs> tell. chill mom chill girl mom <laughs> as she hides in the basement <laughs> drinking red wine <laughs> Um, I'm curious since this is a podcast about periods. How was that first period back? (laughs) You know, it wasn't that bad. So the first, so weirdly, so I got it at exactly the same time as I did with Julia four Uh months out. 
it wow. was like, guess what? You can have another go at it if you want to. And I'm I was missing like, the fun. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, so it it actually was not as bad this time around, which is very thank God a blessing. Also, let's not let's not forget our dear friend Lokia, the postpartum bleeding that happens for like what, what is it like six weeks or something? Carla, and do you want to play taps? <laughs> so thumbs up, seven up. Here's what I did: I treated myself to um, whatever that brand is. Frida has like Frida a, Mom. Yeah, yeah, they have that little kit where you can get the like not just the hospital underwear, but they give you kind of like a little package with like curated you know postpartum underwear and like the little bottle the little you know oh yes yes, yes. freaking bidet bottle and like mm-hmm. all that stuff and and I kind of just they give you like a foam they give you like sort of a um, like a healing foam healing of. foam which I nearly mm-hmm. confused with uh my diva curl hair mousse <laughs> <laughs> at one point so that was me. I mean, Your pubic hair was extra curly. <laughs> I mean, volume Bouncy. for days, honey. Volume, Diva, indeed. Oh. <laughs> Stepping out and about. Um, Serving yeah. you postpartum realness. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, let me just like get all my little postpartum. I needed like goodies. I was like, because yeah. this area is about to be a disaster zone. So. I think you're saying all the right things to people. You just got to treat yourself. You got to take care of yourself. Um, I think, yeah, ask for help. I thankfully did not. Well, I don't know if it's thankfully I did not give a vaginal birth, so I didn't have the vaginal pain associated with that. But I def, but here's, but, I didn't know that I'd have so much Lokia out of it. I was like, oh, it happens either way. I know. What the fuck? If you scoop it out, (laughs) you're in there. Scoop it out. Scoop it. (laughs) Let's go. Do your job. You had one job. Yeah. Scoop out my Lokia. To remove this all, any evidence, any trace from my body. (laughs) Remove it. Clean it. Wipe it dry. I did not know that until after I had Julia, and I was like talking to other c-section moms and i was like you what you have to go through that like what on top of a major surgery like i cannot mm, yeah. even deal with that mm. yeah okay so <sighs> what can we define lokia for just for the listeners <laughs> not for us because we, <laughs> we all, all know. know what it is sure isn't it's well carla you you say what it is I mean, <laughs> it's it's like the F- faces of death coming out of your body. I don't know. It's just like it's like a period that it's basically just it's like the placenta. It's just the rest, just the rest of it. <laughs> it's the rest of it. Lokia is Latin for the it's other the rest. shitty. The it's rest. like the trash you leave it's, at the bonfire. It's the remains of the year. <laughs> it's the dregs of the womb. It is womb dregs. Uh, <laughs> it's womb It's, it's dregs for days. <laughs> um, oh and it was basically like having a heavy period for like, t- I don't know. I can't remember how long. I remember thinking, I'm going to remember how long this lasted. Because I would ask everyone, how long did your low key last for? And everyone would be like, I don't fucking remember. And I was like, I'm going to remember. And oh. now I don't remember. <laughs> right. And you have your whole like process things. with it. Like I always had my little like process with it, which mm. is like, I, I mean, need... What what is it? Just other than pat, I just wore pads all the time. Like what else? What 
be. Oh, no, but I had the foam. You know what I'm saying? I had to give the girls the foam. And then I had my little, like, tux. You do, like, the... I think I described it's like being, like, a Subway sandwich artist where they would, like, <laughs> slap those pieces of cheese or, like, the salami yeah. on the sandwich. And you would get your tux, honey, right? And you would, like, ooh, 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 <laughs> like just slap that on there. Div a little dollop with the foam. Like, you're really making a... You're a sandwich artist. Like, yeah. you're making <laughs> you're a, a, I, I a creation the in the postpartum underwear. I mean, really, it's a whole... <laughs> do you want layers, the 6-inch sure. or the 12-inch? You sort of start with the 12-inch, you move down to the 6-inch <laughs> as it dissipates, you know? And oh then God. that's just how you're living <laughs> while you're keeping a baby alive. <laughs> Which is so, nuts. Like, why do we have to have this whole process while we're keeping a tiny human alive? Because, Kate, your period hasn't come back yet, right? Negative. Yeah, I don't know. Noise. It's a negatory. It's going to come tonight. Um, it's not going to be Carla's third baby. It's going to be your baby of a period. Carla's baby. <laughs> Kill me. Carla, may I ask hmm. you a question? Please do. Please. Um... If your period were a popular television character, which character would it be? Um, thank you, Meg. That's a great question. Thank you. Uh, yes, I think I would have to go with, it's been a while since I've seen it, but what is that monster from Stranger Things? <laughs> the the, the Demogorgon? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The one that eats Barb? And my yeah. womb is that weird, drippy cavern. Great. The upside down. The upside down. Wow. It's just like your uterus can birth people and it can take people out. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Brought you into this world. I can take you take out the way you came in. <laughs> the way you came in. <laughs> if your period could be any uh, important historical event, which mm. would it be? I would say the night Trump got elected. (laughs) That is harsh. We were all together for that. We were together. That was not a fun night. It's never a fun night. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. When she rears her head. There's a lot of emotions. There's a lot lot of, of you know, questioning. A lot of denial. A lot of grown men openly crying. There's a lot of like just like unpleasant militia activity. <laughs> There's a lot of, you know, just like wow. yeah. So yeah, is is your uterus like a Q believer? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my uterus is like save the children and I'm like I don't want any more. That's not my ministry. I'm not trying to do it. <laughs> Carla, last crazy question. What's your period's catchphrase? <laughs> mm, bitch, you guessed it. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I'll much. be like, but is it coming? But is it coming? But bitch, you guessed it. <laughs> But Carla, thank you so much for being a return guest on Vicious Cycle. Thank you for having me. What a blast. This is always the best. see your face. 
and let's do it again, but about when you have another I, baby. How I did not have a third child. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, do you want to plug anything of yours? Um, Instas or <clears throat> I will say. Um, so if you want to follow the journey to a series pilot, um, we successfully ra- fundraised for uh, Nice Tans, uh, which is my uh, sketch comedy project uh we've successfully fundraised for our series pilot so after putting it off to have our child and then after putting it off because of of the pandemic (laughs) we are now getting back into um finalizing all the writing and doing pre-production and all of that and we'll be we're aiming to shoot next year so so uh, exciting so yes. So at Nice Tan Comedy on all socials, we'd love to have you just see what we're creating. Yay. Awesome. Yay. Thanks, Carla. Thank you. So it sounds pretty easy. Kate weeps. It's like my C-section scar still hurts when I laugh. Anyway, actually, it does though. Like it's been hurting more. Like really? Yeah, it's just tender. It's like you know, it's scar tissue. So, but like B will stand on my stomach, and I have to like move her up out Ah, of it. Like it's a bummer. I don't want it to hurt forever. Yeah. Um. That's a whole other thing too about like the body changes and how for me personally that's just been a little odd how my body has like really shifted um Mm. but at the same I mean that's a conversation for another day but I you know I was prepared for it but at the same time you're not and like my boobs are so much bigger and my hips are wider and anyway it's it's really interesting we didn't really talk about that but um any hoodle listeners thank you so much for listening as always please call our hotline if you have anything to share or if you want to challenge us or if you want to shame us, yeah, <laughs> um, bring it. we're ready for it. Our hotline <laughs> number is nine one Oh six uterus. We often play phone calls and we love hearing from people. Um, next week, we're going to talk to our dear friend. Like this was a dear friend. And next week is a dear friend too. Oh um, not she a friend. A deer. She is a deer. Not Bambi, <laughs> but she is has beautiful eyes like Bambi. Um, her, her name is Nadia Vasquez. She is an actor and a performer in LA. Uh, you may have seen her on Conan O'Brien sketches, which by the way, yeah. we never have talked to her about on the podcast, but she has appeared on Conan O'Brien. She was an intern for Saturday Night Live. She now hosts a podcast. I think you said she had a period on Conan or she has a period on Conan O'Brien. Has Damn appeared. It. Has appeared. Oh, oh. But I love we, that. But maybe, Meg. She maybe. She could have been bluforming or could have been. Yeah, bluforming. Um, <laughs> she uh, right now has a podcast called Probably Should Have Known Better with a friend, Tony, and they review old movies to determine if they've aged well or not. They're it's a so delightful good. podcast. We yeah. had such a good time with her. We talked specifically about the show Pen15 and other things. Yes. So listen next week. It's the best. Nadia's the best. You guys are the best. You're so the best. Enjoy you the best. your week. And in the meantime, keep calm and, and bleed
Our theme song was written by Meg Trowbridge and performed by The Go Ahead. Find them at thegoaheadmusic.com. And our Vicious Cycle logo was created by Katie Newman. Find her at katienewman.online.